Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at Keep at localmain.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Maine singer and songwriter Maimon. Folk hop for hip folks is a signature sound coined by singer-songwriter Maimon, and it resonates with authenticity and integrity throughout her music. Her most recent album, Beautiful Ashes, carries her personal narrative fraught with love, joy, loss, and sorrow into redemption and restoration. She is a former Arista Records artist and multiple award-winning SESAC songwriter who has shared the stage with the likes of Nora Jones, Sheila E., Ani DeFranco, The Verve, Coco Taylor, and a previous guest of ours, Lori Jones. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Weather is getting warmer and it's project planning season, which means you should call Maine Commercial Contracting, your locally owned choice for residential and commercial services in southern Maine. They'll be there for that new driveway, walkway, or excavation for your home and for your business with parking lot paving, road milling, heavy hauling, and competitive commercial pricing. So when you need your project done right and on your timeline, get a hold of the company with the appetite for excellence and the skills to see it through. Call Maine Commercial Contracting at 207-391-0540 for a free estimate or find them online at maincommercialcontracting.com. Welcome to the show, Maimon. We're so glad to have you here today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Kim. It's my delight. Thank you so much for asking me. This is so great. I can't wait to hear more about just what you're doing. So can you tell us, when did you first discover music and who were really some of those earlier influences in songwriting for you? Oh, that's a that's a great question. I kind of didn't really discover, get to discover it. My entire family is musical and I'm the eighth mm-hmm. of nine. So um, I had a a big head start with everyone else in my family Mm -hmm. uh, being involved. And we listened to everything from gospel, jazz, blues, rock and roll, um, Mm -hmm. country and Western. So, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I like the blues brothers Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Little Bob's country bunker. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it must have been, I mean, did you learn just almost by osmosis by everyone else around you? Or was it just kind of a given like, all right, you're going to, you know, you're definitely going to sing and you're going to play an instrument or you just kind of, did you kind of just gravitate towards one thing or another? Or, you know, how did that all kind of unfold? Yeah, that's another good question. So we all had to take piano lessons. That was a given. Mm -hmm. My mother loved the piano and Mm -hmm. really it was important to her that we all played. And my dad played a little guitar. And um, loved to sing. He was had a big country giant voice, but it wasn't his biggest forte as a, a pastor. He was more of a speaker. Mm-hmm. And so for me, actually, I was like froggy. I was the, the kid who had no tone, to- completely tone deaf. Some arguably may say that hasn't changed much, but um, I, um, I had to really work hard in terms of songwriting. So mm. my, my spot in the family was to be the songwriter from an early age. Hmm. That's interesting because I, I, when I think more about it, the times that I have tried to venture into songwriting, I, I'm kind of realizing I'm a little bit in the same boat. Like I don't have perfect pitch. I, I don't even feel like I have approximate pitch. Like some people can be like, <laughs> well, I, I think it's about this and they can just pick it out of the air. And I'm like, you know what? That's very aggravating. Please don't do that in front of me again. 
<laughs> but I can, you know, through kind of working through it, I feel like I can, I can kind of stack things on top of each other until they, it means something that someone else might find, you know, mm-hmm. interesting enough to, to work on. So it's kind of interesting that that would be kind of where it feels like that's where you were at as in terms of a songwriter. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I had one, an older sister who was an opera singer, another older oh, wow. sister who was on Broadway and touring with other people. And I had all these extraordinary head starter people. And so it seems like the deck was a little stacked for me. And I was like, oh, I, I, maybe I'll just find, maybe I'll just write music. So I shied away <laughs> from actual singing until I was like in college. I was really kind of like wow. freaked out about it a little bit. I could see that. I mean, mm-hmm. opera singers are no joke. I mean, that is an athletic endeavor mm-hmm. to be yeah. an op- opera singer. You know, yeah. I can see where that would that would be a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. And and you know, no pressure. Everyone else plays an instrument and sings. You know, what do you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yikes! And, and well, too. And that was the thing. They were way more disciplined than me. And so mm-hmm. um, the thing that came natural, though, and I guess easiest was songwriting. So I kind of path of least resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So when you do, just out of curiosity, because I didn't realize that you played piano, do you do any composition now using piano, or is it pretty much all guitar-driven when you when you go to write a song? You know, I actually, I try to work, work out voicings on piano, and hmm. um, I actually hear, interesting enough, I guess, I, I, I start with rhythms first, because I also was a dancer, too, so everything mm-hmm. was words and rhythm for me, and mm-hmm. then I would find out voicings on piano, and my actual first instrument that I had had to play, which I did not want to play, was the viola. So mm. that's where I learned to read music for uh, reading for viola. And um, later in life, as a gift to myself, I started studying the cello hmm. a few years back. So I try to write on whatever's in my hand these days. And recently, cool. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the harmonica. That's what Ooh. my next nice. trying to figure out the harmonica. I don't know why. It just seems like it would be fun. Mm. Yeah, it's and I it's always interesting learning a new instrument because it really does it changes at least I feel it, it if you're really paying attention it changes your view of music. It opens up new doors. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, for me too, uh, it's like another voice. So I like to write for human voices and so with instruments it's it has a, a similar effect where depending on what I'm fooling around with, it'll mm-hmm. stimulate a different way of writing. So it's always mm. about writing for me. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So obviously the last couple of years, there's this little COVID thing that's been going on. I'm not sure if you've noticed. But, <laughs> oh boy, uh, yes. How have the last couple of years been for you as a songwriter and performer? And, and I guess what I'm asking for there is, have you been able to find opportunities to still make things work? Or has this been kind of that, not a hibernation period, but kind of a dormant phase as you're kind of prepping for whatever's next? I love how you phrase that question because... For me, it was coming, COVID began right on the tail end of, 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 not the tail end of it, but my mother had passed that summer before. Mm. And so I didn't know it, but I was in need of of, of some rest and some reflection Mm. time. So Mm. a couple of the first songs I wrote in the COVID era were processing that. So I was really, I was unusually prolific out the gate with that. And then subsequently, I've had this whole season to reflect on what is important to me mm-hmm. and to really kind of put my priorities in a better, I think, order. It's not perfect yet, but it's it's slowly getting mm-hmm. to even more clarity. So mm-hmm. there were so many silver linings to it as far as just really, really figuring out what 
is important to me and what I want to be known mm-hmm. for. I've been really focused on, mm-hmm. well, you know, you got to die from something, but what do you want to live for? So that's been kind of my mm-hmm. mantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's good. And so for you, I mean, where are you in that process? Like, where do you kind of like, okay, this is kind of what I'm aiming at, or this is what I'm leaning towards? Yeah. So I have um, every day, this is a reflection I get is a love God and love people. And so I try to filter each step of that each day about, okay, how am I going to accomplish that? And Mm. some days are better than others. So Mm -hmm. musically, I thought to myself, well, when I'm not writing, I want to be supporting other writers and Mm. other artists or people who are trying to bring beauty to the world. So, and I also find that there's some selfish intent to that too. It's like when I, when I get stuck or I'm not feeling like I want to write and I go to the work of someone else, it, every single time inspires something mm. for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, I, this has kind of been a really rich time for me because so many people have been accessible because of the stillness that has been created by this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's interesting because that has been a bit of a theme as we've talked to different, yeah. you know, musicians and especially songwriters talking to, you know, of course, your friend Lori Jones mm-hmm. and yes. uh, and also Dave Gutter and, and just this kind of mm. period of like, OK, yeah, I didn't really have a choice except to be kind of still and quiet and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, kind of just sit with whatever's going on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Lori because I got to spend the first eight months spending every single week with her talking through and working through Dark Horse as her latest release and mm. getting to co-produce that with Darren Elder out of um, the Halo Studios. And that is a perfect example of a silver lining. I couldn't be more proud for her in that record. Yeah. Which actually, now that I think about it, Halo is pretty much an old barn. So how, how funny is it that you have Dark Horse being made there. Yeah. How did I not think of that when we were recording that episode? You know, it's so weird because I never, I thought, I didn't think of that either. There's so many horse things that come up every time we talk about that record. It's really funny. I have yeah, to bring that, that one so up cool. too. I never thought of that until just now. Yeah. So uh, you, you actually had an album that came out uh, a little bit prior to COVID. And if I'm remembering right, you recorded that at the Halo as well. That was uh, Beautiful Ashes, correct? Yes, that's true. Originally, Beautiful Ashes was recorded at the end of 2019, but actually, I think it was mastered to 2020-ish. Okay, yeah. Somewhere in the gray area there. And um, we started to release it and do some things with it, but then the world went mad and we were trying to figure out which way to go. And I was also Mm. processing, you know, just the, the new changes with my family dynamic. And um, so we sat on it and I really sat on it for longer than I intended to until mm-hmm. actually bringing up Lori again really um, inspired me to say, you know what, there's great merit in that work and mm. let's let's give it some support and see how it, it does. And I'm glad she encouraged me. Yeah. Awesome. One thing I'm always a little curious about because I, I'm not a music theory person. I, I don't know music in that, sh- in that way. So I get into the geeky kind of trivia and minutia <laughs> because I can do that. <laughs> You know, I can I can do that with a computer. I don't need to know what an A flat with a minor seventh, uh, you know, a demolished no one eighth does. is or whatever. Oh, there are people who do, and I just I, know, I shake my head need, like they know it, but do they really need to know it? Well, there is an argument to be made there Use your because ears. I've, I've def- I mean, BB King did very well for himself over decades, and having someone say, "Just play it for me. Don't tell me what the chords are. Just play it, exactly. and then I'll play along." Um, but one thing I'm always interested in is how a song can change and evolve 
after it's been recorded and or even before it's recorded, then to the recording process, but then to, you know, months, years later, yeah. how that song can change tempo or tone or even just be completely reinvented. Do you feel like after now at least what, almost two years yeah. of Beautiful Ashes kind of being done and recorded, do you feel like when you go back to those songs now, like, oh, this one feels a little different, or I've done a little something different with this song? Every single time. That is a great, mm. great um, insight. Because I didn't stop changing. That That's just like a, a photograph, really, you know? And so each record for anyone is just a, really a photograph. And if you're living, you keep evolving and keep learning, hopefully, and interpreting the world around you. So even when you go back to the same picture, you see new nuances and it, it's fading mm-hmm. a little, it's got some crinkles in it, or maybe someone is no longer in that picture. Yeah. So um, it absolutely yeah. changes every single time. It's, it's You got to hold on loosely, like the song. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a song, right? Hold on loosely. Yeah. That's who is that? Hold I can't on. remember who I, it is. I it's got to be a 70s song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll look it up. We'll, we'll. <laughs> so, so I have to ask, because uh, this is uh, just been dying to know. So birthing this album, you, you know, there's there's so much work that goes into it. And is there a song, I, and I've, I've always been curious about this, is there a song that is your favorite child <laughs> that, you know, oh. or, or is there a verse in a song that you that you came up with, you're like, yeah, that's it. Is there a particular verse or song that really, really stuck out to you or just really had that powerful impact on you? From Beautiful Ashes or recently? Yeah. yeah. Okay. From, from Beautiful Ashes, I probably would have to say probably um, Tremble would be that song just because it's a, it's a, it's a ballad and it's a love song. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just kind of puts all that upset and just processing that goes through the whole record it ends mm-hmm. in a very sweet spot um, mm-hmm. musically, and also it's a, it has a, um, a cathartic part of it where it says, um, "Never let your feet touch the ground, never let your heart come down." So I guess I gravitate to that because when I get to play that song, I feel it as a con- encouragement, and I feel encouraged. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot yeah. here, and we can totally edit this out. But could you <laughs> sing a piece of that song? Just a piece of that that you no. that you really like. I know it's putting you on spot, and I can totally edit this out if you don't want to. Okay, me, 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 me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Course, what is before that? seven p.m. You want me to sing? All right. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's just so hard to keep my feet on the ground. You're in my heart. You're on my mind. Your love makes me happy. I'm lost up in a cloud. I would not trade one single day, not one single moment I've spent here with you. Something. I got chills. Nice. I got chills. I know. <laughs> That's so good. There's a little Billy Holiday in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's 
Maybe a little more than I wanted. I was a little hoarse. <laughs> that was good. I was no, like, I like that. You know, it is tough. I was like, well, let me just style this thing to be a little jazzy since I I can't the notes. So I'll just try to mm. style That's it. That's good. That's what you have to do. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you 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 realize like, oh no, it's too early. I just had a I had a yeah. glass of milk. Like everything is working against me singing right now. No, 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 no. That was good. Oh, the by the way, uh yeah, Hold On Loosely was by 38 Special. Just for everyone to know, I just want to make yes. sure we caught up on that. So I believe, Kim, you have the next question. Yeah, so how how would you say your musical influence has have changed from when you started until present day? Oh, my word. You know, the biggest change probably is my motivation and my focus. I've always written from the perspective of like a love songs, like either absence or presence of it. But my idea of what love is has dramatically changed because of my my faith. When I first became a songwriter, I even though I was I grew up in a house of faith, Christian home, I wasn't a practicing Christian at that time, and so everything was kind of just informed by my own little spot in the world. Mm-hmm. And later, as an adult having become a follower of, of Jesus, I think that my perspective started to think more about how well I love myself and love others in terms of a bigger love. So that's been very complicated for me as a writer because mm-hmm. I, I struggle sometimes to what am I trying to write about sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's complicated things in a good way because it's made me have to think about my motivations and really what my mm-hmm. intention is, what I want to mm-hmm. communicate. And so some of those influences that, that you had growing up, who would you say was, you know, as far as the musical influences that really made the biggest impact on you? Oh, my word. Definitely rock and roll. Anything that was like rock and roll. And mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did like jazz quite a bit, more like straight head jazz. But I was really, really into rock and roll. And um, all of it, just mm-hmm. screaming yeah. guitars and mm-hmm. noise and ruckus and the whole thing about everything about it I loved and mm-hmm. I still do and then I'd have to say um anywhere from like Zeppelin to Bono to I mean that's a real big stretch right there and um Nina Simone um mm. it's all over any anything that had a catharsis to it probably was really attractive mm-hmm. to me Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just hit on one of Kim's oh, big musical binkies I right there. Nina. She loves her some Nina Simone. Yes. Yeah. Loves. Yes. Which is, is hilarious to me because it's like Saturday morning and you just get, you know, feeling good cranking in the house. I'm like, <laughs> yes. what's going on? I'm not awake yes. yet. Come, like hang on. Favorite song. <laughs> that was her wedding song. That was James's, oh. my husband's favorite song. We had that at our oh. wedding. Love that. It's a yep. phenomenal song. I mean, yeah, and an really incredible artist. But sometimes it's like I need a I need a second cup of coffee before we blast this at eleven. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in. I just need to be a little more awake. It is for morning people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. and I don't know that I'm that. I don't know. So, in addition to being a singer, musician, songwriter, producer, you're also a podcaster now. And uh, so, yes. I w- I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about your podcast. And first of all, I just want to say I love this, the title of it, because I think every songwriter or musician has said this about a hundred times at <laughs> least yes. about somebody else's song because you're just like, oh, yes. so good. I, oh. Yes. But how has how is your podcast, which is called I Wish I Wrote It, uh, yes. how does that help and feed you as an artist in addition to just being what it is? Oh, well, so this was a it, it's interesting for me because um, Wish I Wrote It came about exactly as you testified to that. 
I constantly hear people's work and I'm like, oh, how come I didn't get that download? And mm -hmm. um, I was doing a, a performance at um, Thompson's Point, I think it was last April, and I was invited to pick a record that I would like to cover and then perform it. And I've always shied away from covering other people's music, especially while they're still living, because I always mm -hmm. feel like it's perfect the way it is. But it also was a part of me that was just like, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. It's it's not my song. So mm. I picked that record because it was the anniversary. I think it was like the 30th anniversary or something like that of Octung Baby. I picked that mm. as a YouTube and I knew it was so far away from anything I did that no one would tr could make a comparison of like, hey, you didn't get those Bono notes right, you know? So I'm like, well, I'm not Bono. Nobody except oh, Bono surprise, does get you know? them right, so it's fine. Yeah, so I picked someone completely opposite that I loved. And so just the process, I spent about eight weeks every single day, all day long, playing that record, rewriting the charts, writing charts, arranging them and working with a, a trio to, to bring it about. And I discovered so much it read all this back history on the songs, all this kind of stuff. And music that I had loved for years, I really had no idea of all that was in those songs. And I'd, I'd mm. always loved those songs. And I realized that, you know, that there's a, there's an opportunity to do living eulogies with people's work. And so Wish I Wrote It, the show came as a outbirthing of that experience of really getting to concentrate on someone else's work to know them as well as I would have known them if I had written them myself in a way. Mm. Mm. So I, I, I want to do, I, I thought to myself, wow, what better way to pay homage to a group of people that have made my life really rich and enjoyable, which are other songwriters. Which, and, and first of all, love the choice of the album because to me, Octung Baby is probably, it's, it would be in my, it would be in my list of like near perfect albums. I, I could yeah. not think of anything I would change, songs I would take off of it, anything. I to me it yeah. is it is it is beautiful just mm -hmm. the way it is. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because there are not a lot of people who do co who cover you too. And mm -hmm. I and for good reason. The only one that I can the one that springs to mind right off the top of my head would be uh, there is a beautiful cover of one from that album uh, done by Joe Cocker. Oh and yes, yes. So, I mean, but other than that, there's not a lot of people that really want to take on you too, because it's a lot of work, man. I mean, the, for four yeah. four people, they put out a lot of layers and a lot of sound and just trying to decipher all the different layers of edges, guitar effects and all that. I oh can imagine goodness. that's that's daunting to get down to like, okay, what is the actual <laughs> DNA of this song? Well, you know, that, and that was the challenge because I had to quickly realize I had to give up on that. I had to give up. Mm. I so I did all this reading, and I found out that was almost a record where they were going to break up because they just didn't mm. know where else to go, and they were Edge wow. was getting divorced, and there was different things going on, and the the band was really these boys had grown into men, and they they weren't sure of their own identity, and they were in this big transformation period. And so when I, that record landed in my life again last year, I was in a similar place, and I realized you know what these songs beg me to be authentic. Of, mm. of how they land in me. I, there's no way I can re recreate any of this. So I spent all that time like just figuring out how I would do them. And it was a fantastic cool. gift from them. So who are the, who are some of the people that you've had on your podcast? So I've had upcoming Amelia Wright. I've had Lori Jones. I've had David Newbold. I've had Tra Travis Napier. I've had Nikki O'Neill recently, last week. I've had Aaron Vance. 
Um, I have the great Thornetta Davis tomorrow night. So excited about that. Claudia Nygaard, we're in our second season. And um, just been really blessed to have a lot of folks. And coming up, we have Guitar Gabby, and we have the Chapel Heart Band, and we have nice. um, Chad Elliott, so mm-hmm. who we just confirmed today. So we a lot of artists from all over the place have been kind nice. enough to share the work with us. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've wanted to ask, you know, what is your songwriting process like? I wish I could say, I have people who are, other songwriters who are super disciplined. They get up at five mm-hmm. in the morning, they spend four hours writing, and then they drink some coffee, and then they do the same thing. And they're super prolific, and, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I have not arrived at that maturity as a songwriter in some sense. For me, it can often be catch as catch can because I, I wear um, some other hats, unfortunately, mm-hmm. or fortunately, where I spend, I have other work I have to do. So mm-hmm. for me, I my process begins with setting a pocket of time away from everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I take three or four months when I'm able to do that, and I will disappear. And it's basically my writing time, my retreat, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll spend a lot of intentional two or three months just writing. Mm-hmm. And then I have to jump back into my day job and, mm-hmm. and focus on other things. And then sometimes my process is, you know, I hear something and I'm like, everybody stop. I got to write this down <laughs> and I get a song, you know, no one breathe. Hold on. You know, that <laughs> happens. I wish that would happen more, but yeah. usually mm-hmm. I have to go cloister myself away somewhere in yeah. work. Yeah. I saw on, uh, on Twitter, totally not a true connection here, but a connection nonetheless. But uh, I saw where Spose had tweeted something about he always write, uh, will put stuff into his voice memos on his phone. Yes. And he said, I know I've got hits in there, but I refuse to go back and listen to him. He's like, I need a voice memo manager to go back and like re-listen to all this stuff and hand it back to him. I'm like, I think anyone who does songwriting on any level probably can identify with that, you know? Oh, my word. So I'm going to tell you exactly how many songs I have on my voice <laughs> right now because I was looking You're, at this. Everyone else has like, you know, 18 gigs worth of worth of photos. It's all voice memos for you, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm like, what, whose idea was this to even begin this this madness. I have 1,656 songs on my phone. Oh my to be dealt gosh. With, and I, I could not tell you anything about one of them. Yeah. If you were to ask me. So I need that same manager. I have no clue what's on here. It's just ridiculous. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm starting to sense a new business opportunity for me here. I might, I might be getting into this. It'll be Todd, the voice memo manager. That's what that's what I will do. I'll go through and listen to all these song bits and uh, and I'll nice. rank them for people. That that'll be what I do. You can name your price. You really could. You can name your price. And the great thing is, it's a great way for me to procrastinate from doing my own creative stuff, which is perfect. Yes. Perfect. perfect use of my time. Yes. Uh, one of the questions we always like to ask because of all the different answers that we get is, uh, how do you define success, either personally, professionally, or both? You know, I got to say, I, I've been so blessed. I think for me at this point in my life is to get to do more of what I've been doing mm. is a success and also to um, get to have the resources to play it forward and be in other people's lives and encouraging them. Mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed by how how much I've been given. So success is every day that I get to figure out how to be of use and to mm-hmm. and to be grateful. It really is. Mm-hmm. I, that might sound a little awesome. squishy, but that's how I feel. 
No, that's I, awesome. I think that's a great definition. Yeah, for sure. So we're inspiration junkies. So As well. As well. Um, as so well. we always like to kind of ask this question, who or what inspires you? You know, I am so, I, my parents, my mom and dad, mm. there is not a day that I go by. There's not a conversation I have with my siblings because we meet every two weeks via Zoom, if not mm. more often, but definitely every two weeks. And um, my parents were so involved in our lives and so involved mm-hmm. in us as individuals. They were absolutely my two number one heroes. And they mm-hmm. also raised our family very centered in um, mm-hmm. a, a, a faith perspective of right and wrong, mm-hmm. but also of love and grace mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. charity and kindness. So there's not a day that goes by where I don't think of something one of them said mm-hmm. or some wisdom or chastisement, like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'd have to say that those two people have definitely mm. are my biggest inspirations for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Well, Maimon, thank you so much for taking time out of your yes. day to, to talk with us. We yes. definitely appreciate it. We Congratulations on the new podcast. And we're, we are wishing you well in 2022 here. I will make sure in the show notes that I have a link to your website, social media, and uh, the podcast as well so that folks can uh, can listen to all that and follow you on all those different platforms. And the album, Beautiful Ashes. Yep, and album as well, which I, yes, I believe is available. Yes, people buy the album. It's phenomenal. Everywhere. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so thank you again, and and we again we wish you nothing but success this yes. coming year. Thank you for having me, Todd and Kim. Keep it local, everybody. Keep it local. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you. <laughs> Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.